Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me today, Dan. Dan the Man Ponder. <laughs> how you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. Nick, how you doing? Doing great. We are chilling out in the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios here at Riverman Cigar Company, and we've had a nice day today. You know, got started a little early today, uh, just out of the blue, pleasant surprise, but it's good to see you. Don't typically see you at 10.30 in the morning, Nick, typically and not, uh, no. you typically don't see me at 10.30 in the morning, but... People are lucky if I'm out of bed at 10.30 in the morning. Yeah, here, here, yeah. here we are. It's, uh, it's been a great, uh, great day spending with you so far. Fantastic. Well, today, we're going to be lighting up a cigar from Espinosa Cigars. We're going to be lighting up the uh, Marcielago Toro. And it features a, I have this down, I believe it is a Mexican, uh, yes, a Mexican wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan binder and filler. It is a 6x52 Toro. And why don't you tell everybody why we're smoking the Marcielago? Well, probably uh, a San Andreas wrapper, I would imagine. Uh, I a lot of that comes from, from the Torrent family. Well, <clears throat> out of the blue, and one of the things about being in the cigar business is, is some things are planned and some things are unplanned. And... Got a call uh, late yesterday, probably after five o'clock. Uh, Miss Cindy passed it on the message to me, and she uh, was able to uh, uh, commandeer a phone call we got uh, from a, a gentleman that said, uh, "Is Dan going to be there tomorrow?" And and uh, she's like, "Oh no, give me that phone." So we gave him the phone, and it turns out it was our our friend Corey, Corey Frisbee, and Corey Frisbee, the broker extraordinaire for the Midwest. He he brokers for several really top-notch companies here in this part of the world, including uh, Oscar, I think Southern Draw, and, and others as well, and Espinosa. And yep. so he tells me Eric Espinosa is going to be in town today, and can we meet with him tomorrow morning at 1130? So I, uh, about 90 seconds, seconds later, I text you, saw if you were available, and here we are. We started out the morning meeting with uh, Corey Frisbee and Eric Espinosa. I'd never met him before. Yeah, and I I met him very briefly at TPE, but he was really busy at his booth. And, you know, I mean, he's got good cigars, so of course he would be busy. And uh, we just didn't have a chance to circle back. But this was a really nice morning. Yeah, and he even told you, Nick, he goes, like, next time, just barge on in. Come on and stop me and, and, and talk to him. And I know you guys have really got that etiquette down because some of the people that were in the business before you, so I understand, were were a little... Uh, not as uh, generous or a little light on the bed bedside manners and, and kind of ruffled some people. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, and we've said it before, you know, when we're at these trade shows like that, those guys are there to sell cigars, and you as a retailer, um, you're there to buy cigars. We're there to get audio and to promote and whatever else, but I kind of feel like that's the secondary point to it and so like look if his bus- if his booth is busy and he's swamped then he's swamped and i'm not gonna interrupt a sale you know just so that i can get some promo time yeah so a, a little more color behind that is like we would get like right about now we start getting texts and emails from the reps and and the companies and saying hey uh, i got a slot open on on uh, we, we show up on friday there's a gala dinner on friday night for pca i'm talking about that's going to come up in july yeah. mid-july or early july and uh, and so you get a slot, and it's a half hour, hour depending on who who you're dealing with. And um, 
So there's probably somebody waiting in the wings over your shoulder that's about to come in for the 1030, 11, 1130, 1230 slot or whatever. And they're going to sit down and talk to them and try to make a sale. And, you know, in my previous profession where I was an environmental consultant specializing in waste, you know, I went to so many trade shows. I probably, I've been to over a hundred at least, maybe more over 30 years. And but we didn't sell anything. Yeah. I mean, we had people come by and say, um, hey, Dan, great to see you. Uh, I was leading a pretty large group at the time, so they'd let me know the good, the bad, and the ugly of some projects we had. They'd let me know of some projects that were coming up, but they were going to submit us a, like a request for proposal or something like that. But there was nobody like signing. So when I get into the cigar industry, I was amazed that you're literally going up there. I mean, I, I talk about, I think I had 20 appointments the last time I was at the PCA. Uh, half hour, hour appointments all throughout the day. Then I had a list of people I wanted to get to seek out mm-hmm. um like uh at the time this was in 2018 it was foundation it was roma craft and now you got to kind of slip in and get an appointment and they look and see where there's the deal and so anyway uh that's what's going on behind the scenes but uh the way you did it i've heard you talk on the show uh, is perfect i mean these guys want to see media though too they really do there isn't a lot of places they can advertise their their goods well and as today kind of settled out um, you know, Mr. Espinosa only had a brief period of time, um, that he was here with Corey. And so what we ended up doing was trading phone numbers and I'm going to be texting him in a couple days to set up a, uh, a call. And so we'll have, uh, Eric Espinosa on the show here very soon. Um, you know, when schedules allow, but, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for us to sit and record today, but that's all right. No, and that's really exciting. I mean, what an interesting gentleman. I've heard him on other podcasts, and I've always wanted to meet and talk with him. We got to sit here and talk to him for a while, and I'll tell you what, that is one knowledgeable guy. He's a former Cuban guy and knows everything and anything that's going on in Cuba, so I look forward to hearing his perspective. I mean, a lot of us you know, are always like wondering what's going on down in Cuba and I'm not so quite sure we get the straight story. You know, yeah. it is one complicated uh, entity down there in terms of what's going on. And nobody better to talk to than somebody that's from there probably may still have family down there and is really getting a, a bird's eye view of what's going on. For sure. Well, why don't we go ahead and prep the cigars and it's time to cut. And the official cutting is brought to us by that guy right there. Dan the Man Ponder at Riverman Cigar Company. And uh, now, Dan, you've got some cigars there. And I know we're going to be smoking Espinosa, the Marcialago. Uh, yeah, the Marcialago. Yeah. But um, you have, we've talked before about how you've cultivated this collection of budget bundle cigars. You know, affordable cigars that folks can um, add to their humidor so they don't break the bank and they have that dollar cost average. Cindy's over there making faces at me and trying to screw me up. But, you know, I screwed myself up by talking about you, Cindy. So there. <laughs> anyway. Um, Miss Cindy, always a, a over ever presence anywhere you want to be. <laughs> if you're in the shop, she's around. Um, but this is a special um, budget bundle cigar that you have here. So let's talk about, you know, you bringing this in a little bit here. Yeah, um, I was, uh, I'll give that to you to hold. Okay. There, Nick, it's a little heavy. Um, oh, it is a little heavy. Okay. And so what's going on here Havana White is, this is the, uh, I got an email from LFD and really quite a shocker in a good way. Um, they sent out a 
mea culpa email, uh, kind of laying on the sword a little bit about having uh, problems with getting uh, orders out and things like that. And this is their solution to uh, to try to rectify the problem. Yeah. So I'm going to read what they sent me. It's a short little reading right here. Since 2002, as the premium cigar industry navigated some of the most challenging times in regards to the aftermath of the global pandemic, there have been labor shortages, shipping delays, and unprecedented growth and demand for the premium cigar industry-wide. And we're we're very aware of that. You've talked a lot on the show about that. As we have slowly dug our way out of the challenges faced here at LFD, a major aspect of returning to normalcy and meeting the production and staffing needs has been the implementation of the LFD Rolling School. The school has given those who are seeking work the ability to train and learn and artisan trade and become part of the ever-growing LaFleur Dominicana family at our factory in Tamborol, Santiago, Dominican Republic. Now, I went and visited that in the 2000s. There was maybe 40 people there at the time Okay, when I got there. It was very small, and uh, they've grown up tremendously. They had, they had bought a nightclub kind of in a hacienda style. There was a stage and a pole in the middle of the stage. I didn't really ask any questions. I was okay. just down there, you know, but you it can draw been, your own conclusions. It may have been a different type of establishment in prior it, life. It, it could have, the building could have been repurposed. <laughs> uh, but as this email says, anyway, it was, it was fabulous. Lito was right there, and it was it was really awesome to, to tour the place. So to honor these workers and those who have graduated, we've presented to you the LFD Rolling School Class of 2021 Cigars. These are the long filler premium cigars that were rolled and approved during the education process and are the very first cigars produced by these future rollers of LFD. So um, they come in these uh, bundles right here. Uh, Very cool. There's a bundle. And I guess they're Corona size, Nick? Uh, What is that? Five by 42. So yeah, Corona size, I would say. Yeah. And um, and they come in Sumatra, Connecticut, and Habano. Now I've smoked the Sumatra and the Habano, and we just got the Habano in today. And you were you smoked one, and what do you think? First the impressions. Habano was fantastic. It's amazing. And here's the thing, guys. So as Dan pointed out, these are brand new rollers. These are people that wanted work. They maybe didn't have rolling experience prior, but LFD's been working on them to teach them how to roll cigars. And um, they had their rolling school, and this is the class of 2021. These cigars, they're from New Rollers. Um, LFD Tobacco. LFD Tobacco, long filler. Um, you know, they're not banded. They're, they're, they're in a bundle. But what are you selling these for, Dan? Uh, $5.450 if you buy a bundle. It works out to four fifty. Four fifty a stick. Okay. Yeah. 20, and they they're in a bundle in of 20 Bundle of so 20 $90. $90. I mean, guys, where else are you going to get an LFD cigar that's really good for ninety bucks for a bundle of twenty? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're you're just not. I mean, I, I was kidding somebody at the shop the other day. I said today it's four fifty and tomorrow it's going to be nine or ten dollars. You know, <laughs> when the guys graduate and they start rolling yeah. production. You know? Well, then that's exactly it. The people that are rolling these are going to start rolling, you know, the main core line and everything else to where. Yeah, you make a valid point. You know, they're working on these and then next thing you know, nine, ten, twelve bucks for the for the stuff they're working on yeah. later. The guy in the shop that comes in here that says negative things about everything, the old negative Nancy. 
he was struggling. It was interesting watching him squirm, trying to figure out what was wrong with the cigar. Because the bottom <laughs> line is, there's nothing wrong with the cigar. No, it's. I mean, you know, it's a really good little cigar. It it smokes really well. It takes time to smoke. It's not like it's a quick smoke or anything like that. I think you can get an hour out of it if you For squeeze sure. it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you broccoli Rob smoke it. You know, oh, broccoli Rob probably two hours. But, <laughs> but the point is. This is an exclusive. Well, it's a it's a relatively exclusive. I mean, I don't know. Well, how I many haven't people, heard anybody. I haven't seen. I, it on say, the I haven't heard anybody else talking about it. I put it out on Instagram the other day just to let everybody know that we had them. And Nick, I don't know. Have you seen any? I haven't seen anything else. No, you're the first person that has mentioned it or has actually gotten it in that I'm aware of. But the point is, guys, you can try the LFD. Rolling School Class of 2021 Cigars by reaching out to Dan the Man Ponder at Riverman Cigar Company because Dan does mail order. So if you're not in the St. Louis area and you can't stop on by, but if you're in the St. Louis area, please do. Um, but if you're not, you can always give uh, Dan over at Riverman a call and talk to Miss Cindy or Little John or whatnot, and you can place your order, and they will get that mailed out to you right away. Well, I think you might want to hold that up to the camera. I think that packaging is just outstanding. Look at that little uh, graduation that hat on That is really nice. Isn't <laughs> that something? That is, uh, right on top of their logo. Clever as can be. For I mean, sure. Touche to the, LF, the fine folks at LFD. Well, you know, I think it's cool that they're celebrating their new staff, too. You know, I mean, they could have easily thrown them through the school, thrown them on the line and whatever. But, you know, this kind of gives them a nice little, you know, attaboy for, for getting through it and, and highlights their progress. You know? Well, we talk about uh, we talk about the uh, immigration issues and things like that. And you guys have done a great job of talking about how important it is to have work for people down in Central America and the Caribbean and things like that. And that is part of, in my opinion, the immigration solution. For so sure. hats off to the people like LFD. And I don't know how many people the cigar industry employs, but it's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. And you got to figure other brands should, I mean, I would imagine they're doing similar type training and rolling classes and everything like that. But kudos to LFD for actually, you know, highlighting it and making it, you know, a nice product. The transparency is unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. I give those guys a lot of credit. I call it me a couple, but I, I think it was just brilliant the way they, they rolled it out. For sure. Well, why don't you we, want to smoke a cigar? I was going to say, why don't we go ahead and uh, cut the cigar here? That's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. So let's give this guy a cut. Happen to be sitting right here in beautiful downtown Crestwood, Missouri. It was actually a fairly pleasant day today uh, up until just a little bit ago. It's starting to cloud up and uh, look like it wants to rain out there, but temperature-wise, it's still super nice. So, Well, we met with uh, you know Mr. Eric uh, Espinosa, which was wonderful. Corey, it was great to see him. Got an update on, on uh, how he's doing with his family. He talked to us a little bit about his tobacco. He mentioned something about yeah. tobacco, Nick. And I plan on talking with... Uh, Corey's son and one of uh, his friends, they've been actively working on uh, growing tobacco out there in western uh, Missouri again. Yeah, northwest Missouri, and, uh, uh, north of Kansas City, yep. somewhere around St. Joe or south of there, and uh, home of the Pony Express. It ran for oh, really? eight months or a year or something like that back in the day. Hmm. All right. Well, cold draw on the uh, Marcielago here. Hmm. Hmm. I'm with Jeff. I'm getting the barnyard. Definitely barnyard. Definitely barnyard. There's almost like a slight bitterness to it. 
Very slight. I don't know. Maybe that might be in contrast with my. I think I'm honey chicken from the yeah, Chinese place. We had Chinese know. food today too. We forgot <laughs> to tell everybody. Kind of going off of your last episode or the episode before last, where you guys were talking about the Baker chocolate. Yeah. I, do, you, do you? Yeah. I'll am I no, am I getting it right? No, or? I'll give you that. I'll I'll tell you a little bit of that Baker's chocolate. The barnyard is definitely very prevalent. Very kind of earthy barnyardy kind of thing going on but you know you're right i would that that bitterness component that i'm picking up i think you might be dead on with that baker's chocolate and i did jeff's uh patented uh <laughs> cold draw retro hail oh, and you know what i i i hate to choose sides i love you guys both but <laughs> I, I i did I, I could I could get some notes out of that. I really could, you know. As much as I hate to tell you that, Nick, um, I was really hoping since I was the one sitting here that that wasn't going to yeah, be. I love you both. But that's but, okay. Uh, that's okay. Well, shall we light right, her up? Yes, go ahead. Let's let's fire this up. And as I and, like this, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm so, oh no, go ahead. As go I like this up, I'm, I remember Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority. He used to talk about how to light this up, and I and and I adapted it to two forty five degree angles. With regards to the uh, the cigar and the lighter, my lighter's up a little bit too high, but uh, it does seem to really work and not singe the, the, the corners and the edges as much. So I've been doing this quite frequently since I watched the show maybe a year or so ago. We talked about that, and uh, it's kind of my preferred way to lighting, and I rotate it a little bit. And You know, and, and that's the thing. Everybody's got their own different way. Like... Um for those that just watched me, I kind of went around the edge, hit the middle, and then I, you know, put it in the mouth and kind of rotate as I'm lighting it that way. Um, but I watched Eric Espinosa earlier. He had that cigar. He grabbed a lighter. He just held it up and just puffed on it for a little while, and then it was good to go. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's it's interesting to watch, you know, how everybody kind of gives their cigar a light. Personal preference. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um so anyway, Dan, so uh, how you been? Been doing pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to the warmer weather around here, For which sure. we're starting to get. It's it's a little back and forth, though. It's We had some 40, almost 40 degree nights last last week. I mean, I've what I've done is I've taken, I've taken partially taken my tent down. I, I'm probably on my third tent, and uh, which ain't bad since 2017, and, and uh, I... Uh, but I screwed up. I bought one with uh, with mesh around the outside of it. It's a, it's a hunting tent, hunting okay. blind, ground blind. It's bigger, though. I mean, I really like the bigger space, and it's probably six by six versus five by five. Okay. And so what I did is I had to put a tarp wrap around it um, to get through the winter because it's got screens. So now I'm sitting in the screened version, and I'm really enjoying it. Interesting. It's staying out of the rain and the drizzle and stuff like that, but I'm getting some breeze through there because it was getting a little bit too hot to be in there. Yeah. I'm about to take it all the way down probably here in the next few days, but uh, I'm I'm squeezing out the last, so I'm kind of sitting in a screen porch type of thing. I ended up taking mine down a little while, eh, a couple of weeks back now, I I've guess. I've seen that, yeah. And, uh, well, with my ice tent insulated like that during the day, it was it was warm. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. You know, it kind of was so, talking to you, like take me down. Nick, yeah, take me down, it Nick. was time. It was time. But uh, it's been really pleasant out the last however many weeks, and you know, I can either sit under my carport or on my patio, one or the other, depending upon the weather. But no, it's been really nice. Well, you've got some great shots. I've seen you 
I finally got to see the world famous pond <laughs> uh, in one of your back it had, shots. It's starting to moss up now. Yeah. And there hasn't been as much water movement. And so. uh, I think in that in that uh, situation, Jeff was able to sit about ten feet back. Yeah, of three. So he had uh, he had a little bit uh, more distance there. Well, and Jeff would have joined us today. Speaking of Jeff, he would have joined us today. However, um, it's the end of the school year, and that results in a lot of. Uh, high school sports tournaments and things of that nature. And he's out uh, shooting some photos today. So yeah. And I really didn't want to, Nick, as you know, I really didn't want to fill in for him because I love hearing from Jeff on the, on the, on the Friday shows. But when you told me he had a, uh, a pre-existing appointment and he couldn't make it. I was like, we're over here. I was like, oh, why not? Let's just sit down and shoot the, shoot the breeze. Realistically, it would have been you or it would have been nobody and nobody wants to hear me do it again <laughs> by myself. That was, that was rough you did fine. You did fine, but uh, I think Dave was the one that did the analysis on it and talked about how difficult it is to do one mm-hmm. of these by yourself. Mm-hmm. Especially because we're smoking, right? I mean, if you're not smoking or anything like that, I guess it's a different story, it's like just, a radio guy. But. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of like keep talking, but this, I mean, you know, you've got all that dead air that you've got to fill in. Um, like just now, you just took a puff just now. You enjoyed your cigar for a minute while I'm talking. If you're by yourself, you don't, you either go with the dead air or you don't, and if yeah. you don't, then you're not smoking. So it's I don't know. It's it's a difficult proposition, but well, you guys, I've been catching up on the shows. You guys have had some great shows. I loved listening to Dave the other day, and I always, you know, I almost literally take notes whenever he's talking. I Dave. mean, as a as a, as a young, uh, new, you know, we'll, we'll be starting our fifth year here uh, already. We're into our fifth year, but I mean, I'll tell you, May one. But it's just always great to talk to him. He's just so generous. With his information. His time and, and his knowledge. His time. I mean, I've contacted him um, several times, and he gets back to me immediately and answers my questions. And just what a caring, kind, wonderful person for the industry. We're, we're, we're blessed to have him. For sure. And I don't know if everybody knows it or not, but uh, even guys like me in the retail business, he's He's taking our our our, uh, our messages and, and getting back to us timely and yeah I mean you just it's it's amazing you know it's uh, we're blessed to have Dave in our industry for sure and uh, I'll say he's been really good for my uh, download numbers so you know <laughs> thanks Dave I appreciate you taking time to help a guy out so well I think I think if I'm not mistaken Nick the show we did you guys did with Dave uh, a year or plus ago I think it was January of 2021 right in the height yep. of covid i still think those are some of your best numbers aren't they, they are some of our top numbers yeah and uh he really Dave has really a following it's one of those things you draw know? draw draws a crowd yeah and you know talking to numbers i've been um sending you some unsolicited emails over a while about uh i just think you guys have more than a hundred thousand downloads you know we yeah. had that hundred thousand download party which is a tremendous accomplishment, but I was just like, you know, there's just too many people I talk to, too many people that tell me they're listening to the show, running across it. It's just, it's just, I just think there's more people out there. So I know uh, I'd sent you that email and then you went on and found a, like a Nielsen rating, Arbitron, if you're in the radio, something called a listen score. Yeah. And an LS. Yep. And, um, and then we talked about after you came up with your listen score, which again is kind of done 
kind of in a voodoo-esque manner like Nielsen or I mean try to explain how Nielsen does their ratings. Oh, exactly. I mean, Maybe they've Arbitron with radio. They've got their methods. So but, they're triangulating yeah. it and however they're doing it. But nonetheless, we talked about maybe doing some comps. So if you don't if you don't mind, I was going to talk a little bit about uh, Dan's got the comps. The uh, the cigar pulpit and everything's relative and put it in context, but the cigar pulpit had a listener score of 34 which put it in the top 5% global ranking of all podcasts. Which, according to their site, was about 2.85 million. Yeah. So 2.85 million shows, and uh, that puts us in the top five, which, I mean, that's... Amazing. Humbling well, and amazing beyond belief. And It, it, begins, to, uh, yeah, it begins to start answering the question I've had, like, Nick, you guys got a lot more listeners out there. So... We decided to go with with comps, uh, like comparisons. Those of you in real estate or you know bought a house or whatever, you know everybody wants to know what the comps are in your neighborhood. Yeah, so, you want to you want to find those that are like you said comparable yeah. and uh, you know similar ish. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to compare this to uh, uh, Fox News Sunday or CNN no. uh, Prime Reports or whatever. I mean, you want to stay in your lane. You want to stay. In the cigar industry podcast. Yeah, we don't want to look at like Rogan or any of the other like right. general shows. Yeah. We wanted to say just cigar podcast. So the next podcast turned out to be the Cigar Authority. We we're talking about Dave and 49. Okay. So a listener score of 49. LS of 49. They're putting them in the top 1% global rankings of podcasts. So, you know, I mean, you would, of you course, would kind I of would ex- expect them to be higher than me. In consulting, you know, we sometimes use the word intuitive, and it, 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 that makes intuitive sense. Yeah. Now, what I was pleasantly surprised, um, but then again, not surprised, was we went ahead and grabbed some cigar podcasts that have been around longer than you guys, and ones that I was aware of and have listened to over the years. And the first one I got here, as far as a comp, is KMA, which okay. I think is kiss my ass talk radio they used to be on the radio in uh actually the real radio uh old school radio and as i understand it in in atlanta in um in florida and that's abe from smoking that's his show okay and um and he's been around for a long time like i said simulcast on multiple radio stations and his listener score is 34 nick oh wow the same as yours the same as ours and jeff's yeah so sorry, I'm having to slightly touch up. I've got a little hot spot. Not not like a bad thing, but like my burn. It, it's just a little warmer in one spot, so it's causing it to burn a little. Global rank, top five percent, same as you guys. Wow. Same score, dead on score. So there's another podcast, and I started listening to a lot of these podcasts. Nick, I got in the business in. February, January, February of 2017, I was an investor for about a year. I took over in uh, 2018, May 1. And so I looked at it as continuing education units or or, 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 or courses, CECs, yeah. uh, through wishing, listening to the authority when I started listening to authority, Cigar Coop, um, Cigar Dojo, all these guys I would listen to to try to pick up uh, this before you guys even had a show. Yeah. So you guys have been on longer. So the next one I, I, I thought would be a good one to do a comp with was Cigar Dojo, Smoke Night Live, 34, same as yours. Wow, 34 and 5. Same as us, same as KMA. Interesting. And then one of the shows I used to listen to 
when I was first getting in was how am I going to pick cigars? Okay, I've got this building, I've got this brick and mortar, uh, I got a lot of empty shelves. Yeah, because when I took over the the uh, the business, uh, we had eight cigars in the humidor, eight sticks. Oh, eight total cigars. Yeah, six more wow. than what you and I are smoking. Wow. So I sent a, a mail order out the other day that had more cigars than we had in uh, in uh, in our humidor. Wow! So I had all so these. You empty- were starting fresh, basically. Uh, it was yeah, brand new. Yeah, we changed the name, and I started. Yeah. I started. Uh, uh, I started thinking, okay, what am I going to buy? So I got onto Cigar Coop. I found Cigar Coop just googling, 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 and uh, sit there and listen to him for three hours. And he does a pregame uh, before the PCA. And he kind of collects who, what are the new cigars going to be and who's he going to go see and what's new out there. And, you know, as Dave Garofalo has taught us with the Cigar Authority, what's the number one uh, question people ask when they walk in? What's new? Yeah. What's, what's new? So uh, I went through all of those. I took notes. I could show you my notes. I mean, I got pages and pages on on my iPhone notes. of, And it helped me decide who I wanted to go see, what cigars I was going to bring on. You know, I took over May 1. Now it's late June, I think at the time. So it's within a month or two of coming on and, uh, Coop's just got a great show. Um, uh, uh, he, 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 he's just one of the top notch, um, cigar podcasters out there. Everybody reveres him, been doing it a long time and he's got a listener score of 33. And also 5%. And 5%. So that tells me. So we're like right in the hunt with like everybody. With the exception With of the, the exception king of the hill, of the Dave. authority. But hey, you know what? You'd expect for us to uh, to be behind them. You know, I mean, hell, they've been at it thirteen years now, and, and the number one podcast, you know, cigar podcast yeah, in the world. Exactly. I mean that that's that's impressive. So congratulations to you and Jeff. You guys have just worked your tail off. Well, thank and you. As far as I'm concerned, this exercise gave me the information that I was looking for. In terms of, you guys are doing really, really well. Well, and I have all the all the thanks I have are for the people that are actually taking the time to listen and watch us. Because, you know, Jeff and I could be doing this. We could be talking to everybody and putting these episodes out. But if nobody takes the time to listen, then what's the point? But obviously, people are taking the time to listen, um, more so than even I even imagined. And, no, it's it's... I, I mean, I'm beyond thankful and very, very humbled by it. So, well, you guys got some very loyal listeners, and you just know that from Ask the Boys and some of the other and, and the events that we have here, where people come up and visit. And that's last but not least, what I wanted to say and finish this off is just that a big shout out to those of you guys that are out there listening and have been listening for, sure. for a while, new, old, Bjorn in Sweden, and and um, uh, uh, Jerry Pulaski and. <laughs> and you've got uh, Zeno now. I was going to say, Zeno. You've got uh, My Sticks and Sixto and Manny and and uh, Teddy and Teddy and and uh, Lupe and Douglas down in Kentucky and Lupe and all these folks, Trey, uh, 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 Trent, and and all the fellows that are uh, been around and, and support you guys. Real quick, as we're recording this, it's Trent's birthday. Oh, wow. So happy birthday, Trent. Happy birthday, Trent. I mean, you're going to hear this a day late, but, you know, such is life. A- ACL Cigars in Atlanta? Yeah. So ATL. Uh, ATL. ATL. Um, but, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a great group of people. And, you know, we, we're so 
we we really are blessed with the with the crew that has found us and you know we like to expand the family and so that's nice i'm really happy so just to keep on this. keeping on and and you guys are really doing a a great job with everything you got a gas having some no i got gas i don't know what there oh there it goes and um whatever you guys are doing seems to be working my friend so Fantastic. hats off to you and jeff well now you touched on something there that i wanted to talk about with you a little bit today um you talked about listening to Coop and trying to figure out what cigars you wanted to bring into the shop when you were taking over and everything. And, you know, I think it's interesting for those of us that are the, uh, the guys chilling out in the lounge, the consumers. I think it's interesting for us to understand maybe the mindset of at least one retailer of how you kind of make decisions about what products to bring in, be it, brands themselves um different vitolas within those brands um or within the different lines and everything i mean i you can't obviously have everything you know either due to space or due to finances you just can't have everything and um i think it'd be interesting to discuss kind of how you kind of parse through all of the different cigars available to you and decide you know, what you want to bring in. Yeah. So, um, you know, even the, you know, the best shop, uh, uh, cigar retailer, you know, on the planet, you know, Dave there with, uh, cigar authority, I think he tells us he has about 1100 facings. Okay. So I was talking to a guy that was a former RTDA that I smoked at his shop in Houston. Um, uh, ben Henderson, and he told me I needed to shoot for somewhere around six to eight hundred. So I picked seven hundred when I first started, and so that was the number, you know, to try to shoot for. Fill the shelves. So how many cabinets do I got? How much is going to fit in the walk-in? Got about four fifty five hundred in the walk-in, and then about two hundred out in the cabinets. And uh, so then I realized that I wanted to be, um, I wanted to have the traditional. And I wanted to have some um, uh, boutiques as well. Okay. And I didn't think I didn't think it was fair to the customers or it was a good idea as a retailer to go all in with one or the other. And that was just my personal view. Uh, I know there are you know people around here uh, in our area that have went more or less boutique, and and good for them. And there's 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 no 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 reason why that's a bad idea. But for me personally, I wanted to have that that selection. Reason being is, you know, Romeo and Juliet, I think, sells 50 million. You hear this number of it was 350 million, now it's 456 million or whatever. Premium cigars, not the backwoods, not the, not the yeah. C store stuff. The premium cigars, 456 or something like that million this year. Last year, as was sold, 50 million of those are Romeo and Juliet. It's crazy. So you want to have the Monte Cristos, the Romeo and Juliet. You want to have the Macanudos. You want to have the Cohibas. You want to have all those cigars that people come in and they know and love. And they're and, and, and quite frankly, they're more prevalent to be box buyers. Yeah. Um, they're just, you know. Well, and those are brand names that are synonymous with cigars, even to non-cigar smokers. You know, when you say, oh, you know, the Cohiba. Even a non-cigar smoker generally will know that you're re- referencing a cigar. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, Coca-Cola. You know, yeah. what, what do you have? You know, you you, you you got a restaurant, you probably want to have Coca-Cola or Pepsi or something mm-hmm. like that. So then now you get into uh, a little bit the next, you know, stratification. And I also wanted some cigars that were new to the area. 
Okay. So when Tom Poehler, when I went and visited him in 2018 at Tatawahe, which he's our rep for, he said, Dan, you need to walk across the aisle and go talk to these people right over here. And he pointed at me and they were 20 feet away. And it happened to be Usto Aurora, and it was uh, oh. Aladino and JRE. Okay. So he walked me over there. I didn't know Aladino at all, didn't know JRE. They weren't on my on my hit list of people to look for. And I went over and talked to them, and we got the uh, uh, the sampler size of the Corojo with about 10 cigars in each and all the various different Vitolas that they offer. And that's something that you start a shop out with, and you find out which Vitolas sell quicker, and then you can back them up with boxes. And it's, okay. it's kind of a way to get started in that uh, with with their line of Corojo cigars. And then we expanded with the Tatascan, and we expanded with the... Uh, um, uh, uh, with the uh, other JRE cigars um, as well. So um, the Rancho Luna, I was yeah. trying to think of. So uh, I brought those guys on, and lo and behold, for about two years, until Trey Max showed up on our door, there we were the only ones within 250 miles. Wow. Have an Aladino. Well, I know that I had heard them referenced on... You know, not to continually bring them up, but the Cigar Authority. And um, when Jeff and I discovered your shop, you were the first and only place that I'd ever seen them. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, you where was the first Aladino you ever smoked from? Here. Yeah. Where was Rob's, uh, Final Third Rob's first Aladino you ever smoked? Here. Yeah. And now he's got the official Aladino Lounge of Indiana. So, uh, I, you know, I was fortunate to go on the uh, trip with those guys uh, down to their farm, uh, which used to be the old Camacho farm before mm-hmm. they sold the Davidoff, and went down there and got to meet Julio, and and, uh, and uh, Uso took us down there, and it was just a fantastic trip. So, so you know, I wanted to bring on some people that weren't in the area, um, and, and and the fact that there was, you know, 10 or 12 lounges already around here. It was like, oh, that's going to be not that easy to do. But I, but we picked that up. I also thought kind of my consulting days, I thought, okay, there, people are starting to talk about back orders. People, even back then, people are start talking about growth pains. And I was like, I'd like to get in with these companies that are kind of up and comers. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm going to ask for an exclusive or they would give me an exclusive, but there could come a time where they just don't open up any more new accounts. For sure. And it's kind of like the music stops. There's not enough chairs to go around. And I wanted a chair. And that was with Foundation. And that was back in the day with Dunbarton. And that was with uh, Romacraft. And people like that that I wanted to... Maybe I wasn't the first one in here. But if there was only going to be enough capacity... I mean, they're only, at the time, maybe only selling to 400 stores around the country. Yeah, There's... At the time, there was maybe 4,500 stores. Um, so you wanted to be in the 10%, less than 10%. Yeah, and, and you wanted to go to the retailer tab on that particular c- c- boutique cigar company uh, website, and you type in a zip code for St. Louis, and you wanted to be one, two, or three of the dots on there. I got you. Everybody had all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that was more just a convenience. Like, I'm closer to someone to buy their Romeo and Juliet's or Macanudos than the other guy. But if you're the only guy in town, then you might be able to pull some people from a, from a greater radius. For sure. So that was another thing that went into the decision. And I won some and I lost some. Um, and that's what really went into uh, uh, the decision making of, of how we we're going to fill those empty shelves. Okay. 
Um, and then in terms of, you know, once you have a brand and it's on the shelf, you know, what's the, what's, what's the thought process in going into, you know, monitoring its progress, seeing how it's doing, yeah. reorders, things of that nature. So we put a colored dot on the bottom of the box. Okay. And uh, it's not visible. And we write the date on that we received it. And we get around to ordering again. We'll, we'll, we'll flip open the bottom of that box and we'll find out the next time that we ordered. It's kind of old school. And I know a lot of this stuff can be done with POS and what have you. A lot of the people do that. But, but we were a small shop at the time. And, and so that was just good enough for us. And, you know, if it doesn't move within a certain amount of period of time, then maybe you don't, maybe you don't uh, reorder that or maybe you get a different size. Now, I do prescribe to the Perdomo approach where they want kind of like a three-foot rule. They want you to have three foot of whatever cigar it is, which means you're going to need to get about four sizes mm-hmm. to make up that three feet to, to be able to get eye contact in the humidor. Just this one box squeezed in between everything else, between your, your large brand names, is, uh, is really, uh, is really uh, not good enough, you know. It just, and, it just blends in too much. And another thing that factored in was um, once I opened up the store, some of the, uh, and even before that, some of the reps had, had caught wind that I was going to be taking over. And some of them were very, very kind, and they stopped by. And one of the guys, one of the first persons to stop by and, and congratulate us and offer us uh, any kind of assistance we needed was Jake with uh, J.C. Newman and Arturo Fuente. Yeah. And I just love that guy. He walked in, and he says, uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, sure. are we going to be able to, uh, uh, what's going to happen, you know? And he just says, you're all set. And I said, Jake, God bless you. Thank you very much. Let's walk in this humidor. It was totally empty, and I said, you pick wherever you want. And we walked right through the front door, and he went right to the shelf. Right so straight walk, ahead. You walk into our uh, uh, humidor, and it's full of Arturo Fuente and J.C. Newman. And that's because, you know, I'm a brand-new guy. I was looking for a friend. He walked in, offered his kindness and, and support, and I can't thank him enough for that. And uh, as long as I'm around, he'll always have that spot. And uh, it was just uh, it was just such a thrill to uh, to do that. So so what's interesting, Nick, is when people will come in and they're like, you know, that Arturo Fuente stuff, that stuff could sell anywhere. You know, you I don't know why you got it right there. I said, well, let me tell you the story. Yeah, <laughs> why he's yeah. There. I'm a loyal guy, man. I I stick with the person that uh, I dance with the person that brought me for so. sure. There's another little story about uh, what, why, why this one's in this place, why that one's in that place. Okay. Well, and that's good. To, I mean, that's another thing. That's something that, you know, maybe the average consumer doesn't consider when they walk into the humanoids, why something is placed where it is and that sort of thing. But, you know, these reps, man, they're, they're fighting <coughs> for not just space, but visibility as well. Yeah. And so... You bring up a valid point. And remember what Dave told us, uh, taught us on one of your one of your shows or one of his shows. He was talking about what uh, I think it was a an after show uh, that he talked about his selection process. And I know he got it a little bit more deeper into it, like uh, a price protection. Yeah, like you know, do you really want a cigar that somebody down the street can discount fifty percent? You know, uh, or twenty five percent? Do you really want what about support? 
like today, you know, we had uh, we had Eric here today, as we yeah. talked about earlier, and he's walking in. We've had the we've had the account. He's in town. He walks by and says hi with us. We break bread for a little bit, have a have a three quarters of a cigar, and off he goes. And it was just wonderful to get that kind of support. And I was I was like able to walk back into the humidor and say, Eric, what are we missing? What do we need? He goes, Well, you need the La Range. It's one of my top selling cigars. You I've had that, that actually. I had that out at the uh, Final Third Cigar Lounge and. It's a great, it's going to do well here. It's, it's an amazing really cigar. Great yeah. Cigar. And we used to have it and I dropped it off. So another pair of eyes looking at it. Yeah. But that's the support that I'm talking about. Yeah. Somebody supports you. Um, and then how you're dealt with in all kinds of things, like uh, with respect to, you know, uh, back orders and, you know, and, and just how you're treated. And I can tell you most, if not all of the cigar companies are very, very good at treating the retailers fairly and, I've been, we've been really, really happy to be in this industry. It's it's a bunch of really good people. Fantastic. Well, speaking of good people, it's time that we go ahead and jump into the uh, final third cigar and whiskey uh, pairing of the week. And uh, so we'll find out what our man Broccoli Rob and his buddy Isaiah are smoking and drinking today. Wonderful. It's time for Final Third Friday with my man, Broccoli Rob. Hey guys, this is Rob here at Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge. And I'm Isaiah. And today we're doing the Final Third Friday pairing of the week with the Cigar, with the cigar Pulpit Boys. Yep. And today we're going to be pairing the Rojas Blue Bonnets Lancero. With uh, Nika Coffee Malt Whiskey. Yeah, so we, as we did the pairing on this, we really found that the notes with this were very complimentary. Um, as we got started, the, the cold draw on this cigar was just dry blueberries, a little bit of leather sweetness, yeah. um, and then hay, um, and it's just a really nice, that dry blueberry note really pops on the, even on the cold draw. Yeah. Right off of light, this thing has a lot of, I, I, I said that it was like blueberry pancakes. It does that bready thing. It does the dried blueberry, but on the retro hail, it'll light you up with red pepper. Oh Yeah. The pepper on the retro, right on the beginning, the pepper is just like a really, really strong black and red pepper. Yeah. Um, as you get into it, into the first third, a little further, it turns more red pepper. Uh, but it's really, really nice because you get that sweet and, and the balance. Um, when you pair them together, though. Yeah, it's magical. So this, this Nika is sitting at 90 proof. Most 90 proof whiskeys don't have a thick mouthfeel. Something about the Rojas Blue Bonnet smoking and drinking this, kind of uh, drinking the Nika, really mm. brings out the uh, the oily mouthfeel in this, and it also brings up the sweetness. Yeah. But when you put them together, um, smoke to sip or sip to smoke, you're getting uh, like cheap blueberry muffins, like yeah. Little Debbie blueberry muffins yep. with pepper. And it sounds kind of weird, but that blueberry muffin thing is just kind of that oily blueberry muffin. And that stays consistent all the way to the end here. It does. The only thing that I think I would change it to in the final third is like a blueberry angel food cake. Yeah, yeah. Because then, you know, like I said, in the first third, you're going to get that blueberry muffin that actually lays on the tongue. It's almost like that that coating on the tongue after you eat a good blueberry muffin just left there. You still get that with that whiskey viscosity on yeah. your tongue. Um, when you get in the second, third, you know, some of the, 
the leathery notes start popping up a little bit more, but it all stays very true to that blueberry muffin kind of feel. Like you said, the blueberry pancake type feel too. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, as you continue to go, the uh, the good thing with this, the whiskey's only 90 proof, but as you're drinking it with the cigar and that little bit of pepper spice, it, it tends to kick the flavor up to where it feels it more like it's 100 proof or above. Yeah. Um, which I like because I'm typically yeah. not a I mean, not, not guy. as far as like Kentucky hug down no, the no, no, chest, no. like where you feel it burning, but as far it's as on the flavor, tongue, on the sides of the it just it just boosts everything. Yeah. Up. Yeah. So as we got into the final third, it really got more cedary, bready, leather um, in there, leather in there. But that blue, that dry blueberry note stage, that breadiness and the blueberry, you're still getting that, yeah. that you know, a little bit less sweet blueberry. Milk. I even got a little bit of artificial banana in that final mm-hmm. third. And that was right, that was going from the, the puff to the drink. Yes. Because yeah. this is really what brought in that banana a little bit. Almost reminded you a little bit of Tennessee whiskey. It does. Like which that, is nice. That Jack Daniels banana runs. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really towards the, towards the end of the final third, the uh, pepper note kind of popped back up again. You know, look at this cigar, and, and some of these notes were saying you'd think this cigar would be like a mild to medium, maybe a medium at the most. This is a medium, medium to, to full. full. When you get yeah. to the end, you're really getting more to that full. Not that you're getting a huge nicotine hit. Mm-hmm. It's just those pepper spice notes, you know it's there, yeah. and you're smoking a beefy cigar. Absolutely. Even if it is a thin cigar like this. I mean, I don't think my fingers look fat, do you? It looked pretty fat to me. Damn it. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, smoking and drinking along with us. If you'd like to check out this pairing, come on into the Final Third Cigar Lounge, or Nika should be readily, readily available to you, and uh, I'm sure more than uh, just us have the Rojas Blue Bond. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At least I they should. I, I'm pretty sure Dan at Riverman has this as well, and just go out, get out and try them. I mean, it's, it's a fun pairing. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. But yeah, stop in here. We, we're going to have specials this week um, for the for the cigar and pairing. Yep. You're probably, I mean, I, typically your MSRP on this bottle is probably sitting around what fifty to sixty. Yeah, the most. fifty to sixty. And your cigars are going to be in that you know twelve to fifteen dollar range depending yep. on where you are. Um, so really, the pairing, if you're getting it at a bar, you're probably going to get it for well under thirty bucks for the pairing, maybe yeah. twenty five to thirty yeah. bucks. So it's a great great pairing. And I'm telling you that in the Lancero size, you're going to get an hour to hour and a half mm-hmm. on this cigar. Yeah. Nice, slow burner. So I, think you'll, I think you'll love it. So thanks a lot, guys. I'm Rob here at Final Third. And you can follow me on Instagram at Final Third Cigar. Go out to our website, FinalThirdCigar.com. And you can also get on uh, on the website and click the YouTube channel and see the full-length video of this review. Yeah. And I'm Isaiah. You can follow me at uh, the Whiskey Pastor on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. All right. Well, another good review from uh, Broccoli Rob there. He does a fantastic job on the reviews, him and Isaiah. And I'll tell you what, his shop just looks spectacular. I got to get up there one of these days. I know he's working on the backyard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got a really great patio yeah. that they're installing. It should be uh, up and running hopefully in the next couple of weeks. It's coming along really nice. He's just knocking it out of the park, and it couldn't happen to better people than him and, and Lisa. So I'm so happy for those guys. I'm proud of them. And uh, 
wish him nothing but the best. If you're in the area, for sure, stop by and see those guys. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to be in the area this weekend, but uh, it's a real quick trip. I'm just going up to Indy for the uh, for the 500 with my uncle, and then we're going to meet my dad, and we're going to go to the race and everything. And uh, I won't have my car, and realistically, I don't think I'm going to have time. So I, it's going to be a trip to Indy without a trip to the final third, but I'm sure I will make it back by the final third uh, here soon because I, I really do enjoy that lounge. It's and there's really a first nice. for everything. I think you've been every time you've been in Indy since he's opened up, you've been there. You were there two, three weeks ago, right? I was there a couple of weeks ago when I was there for another Indy race. And, uh, yeah, uh, this will be the first time that I've been in town that um, he's been open that I haven't been able to swing by there. But, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll make it back by there. I mean, you know, that's the beauty of, of you know, they're only four hours away. You know, now granted, five dollar a gallon gas does not make that an easy proposition. No, um, but uh, you know, it, hopefully, maybe gas prices, maybe hopefully, come under control to where we can. I don't see any end in sight, my know, friend. I know, I know. Well, I can be hopeful. I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so you know, we'll see. But for, for sure. Anyway, so. What are we getting on the Marcielago? We've been talking and we have not spoken about the cigar. I'm probably, I'm not quite halfway here. You're a little bit behind me because I've been making you do a lot of the talking. And so it's a smooth um, Maduro as far as I'm concerned. It is it's, very smooth. Maduro. It's got a real smooth, no, no aftertaste, no bite, uh, very good, excellent construction. Marcelago, I think, means bat in Spanish. Okay. Uh, you can actually see the bat on the on the on the lay, on the uh, band there, Nick. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's definitely a full-bodied cigar, though. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think so. Medium plus. Yeah. Um, and but I, I I it's smokable. I think for everybody. I don't know that anybody. If you retrohale, you you can get you know. Oh you can get overpowered god. a little bit just as you're doing that. <laughs> oh my god! It's kind of an amazing amount of spice. The spice is heavy on the retrohale, not so much on the smoking experience. The smoking experience is very smooth. Um, it's good, but yes, the spice is definitely present on the retrohale. If you're a more medium minus or milder smoker and you want to try the cigar, as long as you're not retrohaling, I think you're safe. Yeah. I would say that. What do you think? I would definitely say that. But if you're going to retrohale, I mean, uh, uh, buckle up. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I actually had a retrohale accident earlier today. I was smoking another cigar, and uh, you, you and I were talking, and I went to retrohale, and unfortunately, I don't know what, I just, muscle memory failed me or something, and uh, I ended up swallowing the smoke. And that was an extraordinarily unpleasant experience. Well, I was sitting in the back, um, and it sounded like somebody was dying towards our, towards the front of our uh, shop. Yeah, I had to get up and go run to the front to get a water because I just needed something to drink at that point. And yeah, that, that was that was a rough experience. I was about to call EMS, but then uh, <laughs> uh, it was it was that the uh, class of twenty one LFD. Uh, uh, no, that was Havana? actually the um, Espinosa uh, knuckle sandwich. That was Man. that was the uh, the knuckle sa- the one that with they, Guy Fieri, right? With Guy Fieri, exactly. And actually, uh, I you know for what it's worth, I guess we can go ahead and mention this. He had mentioned that uh, Guy Fieri is going to be at his booth out at uh, uh, PCA. 
He did say so that. So you'll get to meet the mayor of Flavortown. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to that. They told me to stop by. Are you going to frost your hair? <laughs> spike, you spike and frost your hair? I don't have any hair to frost, Nick. Well, you get your beard. I could do my beard. <laughs> no, nah, I've never really been a groupie. Um, and so I think I'll pass on that. But I do want to go. I do want to go see him, and I want to spend more time with Eric too. Mm-hmm. I'm more, more, uh, uh, um, very much interested in following up on some of the conversations we had here about he was getting into how he's rolling cigars and tubes and where he puts the lajero in the cigar. And uh, I was like, okay, so you put that in the final third? He goes, no, I put that in the first third. And then he, the milder stuff he puts in the uh, like the tips we call yeah. them the tips. I don't know what he's going to call them, but after you bunch it, you got some at the end. He also mentioned that if you're smoking a Cuban cigar and it's not triple capped, it's not a Cuban cigar. Oh, okay. So if you're out there doing the Cuban, see, I had to you. take that one phone call to deal with uh, some advertising for my newspaper, okay. and I must have missed the juicy stuff when I was outside on that phone call. There, he had a paper here. I, he was yeah. rolling it in tubes. Um, He's got his uh, factory down in uh, La Zona. He also mentioned to us while we were sitting here that he was a, a cigar broker at one point in time. Now, I that think, I did catch, yeah. I think he's been in the business about 15 years uh, with his own factory, and uh, or 10 years ago, but been in the business for 15. So, um, really makes some great cigars, La Zona. You know, the one thing I didn't mention to him about, you might want to mention to it when you get on your show, is the whole protocol thing. I think they... They did, and I think they still make cigars for protocol. I mean, with my dad, okay, forty nine years in law enforcement, and my brother, thirty three, and I think we got a hundred and eighty years of city of St. Louis police with between my mom's brother who was in fingerprinting, my great uncle, my dad's uncle, my cousin. Uh, we have like one hundred and eighty years combined in the city of St. Louis Police Department. Wow, uh, um, and with them having a law enforcement connection, protocol is where I was getting at be nice to bring those guys on. So I was going sure. to talk to Eric about that, and I forgot. So well, I'll see him at the show. I was going to say, you'll catch up with him out of PCA. It's going to be very, very soon now. I mean, it's uh, coming up, I think it's the 8th through the 14th of July, possibly. Yeah, so we're about maybe like about a little over a month away, you know, a month and maybe a week or two. Not quite a month and a half, I guess. I was asking Mickey, you know, who I'd seen uh, when I was at the cigar shop in Houston, Serious Cigar with Ron Lusser. He was a great guy. and He um, was so very nice and generous to us, sitting there and allowed us to basically have the run of the place. And he, I'd see Mickey coming in all the time. He was with CO. And I asked Mickey, how many retailers brick and mortar was there back then? And this is mid-2000s. Okay. He said about 2,000. Oh, wow. You fast forward today, we're like at 4,500 or 4,600, which kind of makes sense because we're hearing about new shops really opening up all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that was almost 20 years ago, you know, 18 years ago, however long ago that was. I find that fascinating that 20 years ago when, not that regulations have just never been in place for cigars, but it seems like maybe they were less prevalent or looser. I find it interesting that now... When you have this ever-present threat that maybe the FDA may decide to drop the hammer, you have flavor bans being talked about in municipalities and states all over the place. You know, you have um, just just all this potential government oppression, taxes always being an issue. I find it interesting that now, 20 years later, there's more than twice as many cigar shops 
And it's one of those things. It's a testament to those people that are opening these shops because, you know, you're you're choosing to open a shop where you're dealing in a highly regulated product and a highly taxed product, but you're still doing it anyway. Yeah, in rough waters. Now, if you'd go maybe, and this is kind of a Dave question, but if you go maybe a, a 10 years before the mid-2000s, I mean, there might have been a 1,000 shops. I mean, there might have been five, 600 that actually had a lounge. Uh, See, that I would be a smaller number. I mean, the lounge thing is kind of a, probably, again, kind of a question for Dave, but it's it's kind of a post-boom, cigar boom kind of a phenomenon. Uh, and my guess is, is that people that, might have wanted to open up a bar uh, with their retirement dollars or yeah. whatever. They're kind of gravitating to a cigar lounge now. Okay. Um, and so I think the number of, uh, I think some of those couple thousand would have, quite frankly, may, maybe have been bars back in the old days that I would have see. been open. Maybe that the lounge, because I know... You know, I never was really one to go to the, the tavern or the bar every single day, but I know I know I, I grew out of that over time and uh and I found out that I could have more conversation in the lounge, I could meet the same people. A lot of similarities of going to your neighborhood pub, but it just seemed to be more of a a, a better version for me. You yeah. Know, where um uh, uh, well, when you leave here, you're not leaving, and in, in you're in a inebriated state to where you can't drive and yeah. everything like that. And I know? think some of that was also like with the job I had. I mean, a DWI was probably the death sentence for my job. For sure, know? certainly later in later in my career. So you're constantly not really wanting to have more than a couple drinks, tops, for sure. You know, and and that's the way we've done it here. You know, we have a shop that has a lounge or a sampling room where you can smoke your cigars. And then you can get a drink because we have a liquor license, and you can get a drink as well. But it's not a not a bar. Yeah, nobody's um, sitting around getting wasted here. I, I, you know, I attended bar back in Fridays and in my college days in Houston, and I traveled a little bit with them. I worked. Uh, uh, I did. I think either two or three tours of duty in New Orleans, Mardi Gras, Metri, TGI Fridays for those down in New Orleans it was just wonderful and fantastic. But. I've been there and done that. I really didn't yeah. want to deal with that anymore. And um, and so, um, but I did want a place to smoke a cigar, and we got one right here. There you go. Um, I will say, I'm thinking back to my youth mm -hmm. and, um, you know, in terms of cigar places. Now, granted, obviously, when I was a little kid, I wasn't paying attention. But there's one place that stands out in my mind. It was in the mall in Fairview Heights, Illinois, yeah. just across the river from Probably St. Louis. Probably a tinderbox, huh? And it was a tinderbox. And yeah. it was inside the mall. And when you would walk by there, it had the most amazing, enticing aromas. Probably pipe tobacco. A lot of that was probably pipe, pipe tobacco. But I know there was some cigars, obviously, yeah. going on. And, you know, they'd be in there. You'd walk by. And I'd look in. And these guys would be in there smoking and whatnot. And it was just right in that center of the aisle, like the walkway as you're going past, it was on the upstairs. I remember it was upstairs. Um, and it just had this most enticing, you know, sometimes sweet, sometimes, but it had this aroma that was just so pleasant to walk by and smell. And I remember when they finally left the mall, went to a standalone location and everything. And it's just, it wasn't the same. Yeah. I don't know exactly when they pushed those guys all out of the malls, but uh, it was quite some time ago. And uh, 
It was a setback, but then, like you said, people went into strip centers. And, it would have and, definitely been before, I'm thinking it was right around the 2000 time frame okay. that they left uh, the Fairview Mall because... Um, they probably all left about the same time. I mean, well, I, I'm th- yeah, I would think so, and that would make sense because you're starting to get into smoking ban time frames and everything. But I know that um, right around that time frame is when I got my job at the mall, and I was a senior in high school, and I got my job at the mall, and I know that Tinderbox was already gone by that point. So yeah. I'm thinking it would have been very late '90s. 2000 at the absolute earliest but or latest but i'm thinking it was late 90s that they would have yeah. skedaddled and gone somewhere else so you know, you know i also wanted to do a shout out to jeff uh when you told me that he couldn't make a friday call a while back i guess with dave because was he was down dave. there doing the backstoppers i mean you know my dad was involved with those guys and he used to tell me that he pulled the first two tickets off of the uh the top of the arena which which holds like eighteen thousand people oh for the guns and hoses yeah the guns and hoses the firemen hoses would, dave yeah hoses right they, the firemen <laughs> would fight against the uh the police and the emt and uh what he's doing down there by helping the the community down there take on uh backstoppers i mean i hear a lot of uh century club in houston and one of the guys at the shop all used to get us this 100-club sticker, and he'd said if you put it in the back of your window, the police wouldn't do anything to you. If they pulled you over, they'd let you go. And it kind of worked, to be honest with you. Yeah. But with Backstoppers, I mean, like, no one, because my dad was involved in that, no one, uh, um, uh, a little bit about it. I mean, God forbid one of our first responders uh, expires in the line of duty. I think, as my dad used to tell me, they walk up, and they're, like, banging on the surviving spouse's uh, door with a $5,000 check that day they gather all their bills together the mortgage is wiped out it's paid the kids are school is paid for all the way through college every bill they have at the time is wiped out I mean it's an amazing amazing organization we're really blessed to have it here and I think we have a couple pretty large cigar events here in town our largest events are arguably like 500 people are yeah. arguably down at our uh, Missouri Athletic Club down there. And one of the other shops here in town do it, I think, in concert with Davidoff or, or one of the other providers. Oh, I saw Oscar was down there the other day Yeah, at one of the uh, events down there. But, man, those guys do God's work. They really, really do. And and uh, and um, I was talking to my brother who is a police officer. He told me he thought – Maybe 25% of the police are smoking cigars. I think there's a lot of firemen smoking cigars too. So we're, um, they certainly punch above their weight with regards to cigar consumption. For sure. For sure. Well, and it's like I said to Dave, you know, I know back in the day, I used to go to the Guns and Hoses uh, much more regularly. And, um, that's the one day out of the year, man, you go to the arena. Yeah. Uh, I, it used to be Savage Center. I think it's Scott Trade now, isn't it? Enterprise Center. Enterprise. Yeah. I'm even behind uh, there. Car people. Yeah, I, I was car rental say, people. Wherever the Blues play, I, I'm I'm behind on the naming rights. But um, you know, it's the one night out of the year you can pop in there, and there's going to be some cigar smoke in there because there's guys in there lighting up. And who's going to tell the cops and the firemen they can't do that? You know, yeah, everybody's wearing their old newsboy hat. Yeah. And uh, now one of the precursors to that uh, was the police circus that used to be at the old arena, the old barnyard. We used mm. to call it the old barn. 
where the blues used to play. My dad would take me and my brothers down there. And the I checker saw the, dome? Is that the checker yeah, dome? Yeah. Even before that, I saw a checker dome was when they, when Ralston Perina bought them. Okay. But, uh, I saw the three stooges down there. Really? Yeah. In the sixties. <laughs> and somebody was kind of like, you know, and the beautiful thing about today's day and age, you can Google anything. So yeah. somebody was kind of calling me on that here at the shop. And so I got on there and sure enough, I saw it. It was like 68, 67, whatever. Wow. The, I was about seven or eight years old at the time. And uh, I actually got to see the Three Stooges, you know. Very cool. I can't remember which ones. I know it was Mo and, and Larry. I don't know if it was Curly or Shemp or whoever. Um, but uh, Yeah, near the end, they were swapping out the third guy. It and then like. it was like a little Joe, too, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'll tell you, going back to the Guns and Hoses thing, I really enjoy the boxing. But there's a drastic difference when you watch the men fight versus when you watch the women fight. When the men fight, it seems like they all come in and they all have and, – and no disrespect to the boxers because, you know, I mean, it's training and everything like that. I don't want to do it, so I'm not trying to insult them. But, like, they come in and they're dancing around a little. They're taking it real serious. Yeah. They're really, like, getting in the positions. They're, they're doing the fancy footwork and everything like that. The women – when they get in there, that bell rings. They're just wailing on each other. They're just going to town, just beating the holy piss out of one another. Without a doubt. Without any restraint or anything like that. And then, you know, the round's over. They go by their corners. But it's just so funny to see how the guys are taking it like so serious, you know, fancy footwork and, you know, sting like a bee and all that and everything. But like these women, they're just like, you know, just raw, just going right in there at yeah. each other. It's funny. When I was living down in Texas, I came up and I, I actually like the women fights better oh, because I think, of that. You know? I, th I think they're great. When I was yeah. living down in Texas, I took one of my dad's friends uh, a bird hunt. You know, we used to like to go to Mexico. We would go uh, Palomas, which is Dove, and uh, and <clears throat> so he was like, "Hey, um, God, this is great, Dan." And, I, and he goes, "Look, is anything I can do for you? Let me know." And I was like, "Well, he was instrumental in backstopper." So I said, "You know what? What I'd really like, if it's possible." I like to get my picture with the uh, with the ring girls. Oh, cool! So he took me in the back, uh, the bowels of the arena, right there uh, years ago, and uh, grabbed all the gals. And I I, I stood right <laughs> in the middle, like I'm a, I can't find the damn picture for the life of me. <laughs> so, but I got it in my memory, you know. There you go. Because the Budweiser gals were beautiful. The ones they they have at the ring, you know, they're like a they use the Budweiser girls as the ring girls that you would have at a typical boxing. Ah, match. gotcha. Okay. Holding the cards up. Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, speaking of girls, why don't we go ahead and uh, hit this? This would normally be the time that I give some information about My Monthly Cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and... 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's Offer Code Pulpit. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, I guess this will be the time when we talk about socials. So I'm available on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit. And Jeff is there at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. We're also on Facebook where we have the Cigar Pulpit Prisoners Group. We're on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, we're there. I, I'll do more. Maybe I'll do more. I don't know. I mean, I'm still waiting to see if Elon Musk is buying it or not. And uh, I'll say, if he does, 
That might be the only free speech platform us cigar smokers actually have before it's all said and done. Absolutely. And then uh, we're on YouTube for however long we're on YouTube where you can watch the uh, the fun. And then, guys, we need your questions. So call that Ask the Boys hotline, area code 863-874-0000, and uh, we will answer your comments, questions, concerns, whatever you have. And then, Dan, where can people reach out and talk to you? Well, RivermanCigars.com, or we're on Instagram at uh, the Riverman Cigar Company. And uh, and I just click a little button, and it goes right over to Facebook. Now, I talk every <clears throat> week about how people can call you for mail order. What's the number for people to be able to call you and place an order? Yeah, it's 314 and uh, 314-843-3355, talk with Miss Cindy. She'll hook you up. Um, we're not on uh, internet or e-commerce right now. We kind of like the fact, and people seem to like it, calling in, talking with Miss Cindy, walking around. What do you guys got available? What's new? I'm kind of a medium plus. I'm a medium minus. I'm a full body. I'm a light smoker. And Cindy can just vector you right into the cigars that you want. It gives you that personal touch, even though you're not actually in the shop. I've even seen her FaceTiming people, showing her the shelves and looking at the things and letting the guys take a look at the scars. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, and then we, we'll go back and forth, DM me on uh, on Instagram or, like I said, call, and people are DMing me, what about this, what about that? So, I, and I've heard you talking about this, but what I typically try to do is foreshadow what's coming in. I'll get an email from the company, like it's shipped. I'll sometimes put something out there. Keep in mind that because of the uh, social media police, we really try to keep our head down, so I'm not putting any dollar signs in there. For sure. The logarithm would catch it up. I'm not talking about any kind of deals. I'm not talking about discounts. I'm not talking about anything like that because we don't want to be flagged. You're just promoting what you have um, or what you're getting, the, but you're the not necessarily saying, 20, 20, buy it, we're doing this, or this is how much it, yeah. Yeah, so the 2021 uh, LFD uh, new grad cigars have landed at the Riverman Cigar Company. Um or uh, uh, or I might get a, a an email that says the Yaguas are shipped, or it says uh, you know the the 2022 batch of Yaguas have been have been uh, released and are on the way, and that gives people a uh, that listen to the show and follow Instagram because then you pick up on it for sure. Gives them a chance to know what's going on, and they can be first in line to grab some of these limited when the opus x comes in yeah the añejos some of those are annual events annual releases um so it gives these guys a little bit of a of a of a heads up that it's coming in to decide if they want to grab anything or not so guys if you're not following riverman cigar company i don't know why but you should be because like i said you can get the advantage you can get that firsthand knowledge and uh, know that uh, something is coming into the shop that you might be interested in. And then you can give Dan or Cindy or little John a call and you can place your order. Yeah. And, and again, the reason we're short on details is because we're just trying to uh, duck and hide and survive social media. I uh, totally get it. I mean, overlords. That, that, no, that's exactly it. Like in the pulpit prisoners group. I mean, I have very few rules in that group, but one of them is no cigar sales because cigar sales will get that group shut down. Flag it. And it'll flag it. And, uh, you know, you don't, why, why ruin a good thing, you know, for a sale? And it's one of those things that you can find another way to promote what you have, which is what you're doing. You're promoting what you have. And then if they're interested in learning more about it and learning what it's costing, whatever, they can give you a call. 
Yeah, and if you're happy with with the service and what you're getting in the selection and all that, you know, leave uh, Miss Cindy or, or us uh, your email when you call in because, um, like you say on the show, we're, we're we might need a way of finding you if, if we ever go dark on the social media. For sure, and that's definitely and that's a good point. You know, if you haven't signed up for the Scar Pulpit, you know, newsletter, I have I've done one in however many years, but uh, you know, there may come a day that. Email is the only way for us to reach out to you, and so you're going to want to make sure that you're on that list so that we can reach out to you. But with that being said, also, you know, Dan has his own list, and if you want to be um, informed about cigars that are coming into Riverman Cigar Company, you can reach out and get your email on Dan's list, and then that way, you know, you're getting updates and notices about what you're putting out and you're not blasting out like tons yeah, of emails less I than mean, one a month see, one that's every exactly couple months. it you're not you're not flooding people's inboxes with just stuff. So, yeah i don't I, I never liked that anyway so i try to be respectful of that um you know we do have uh the annual uh event later on in the year including yes including uh uh pulpit fest and really a cigar weekend you know um you want to say a little bit about that? Now? Yeah, I mean that's coming up September twenty third, Friday, September twenty third is Pulpit Fest, second yeah. annual Pulpit Fest, and the twenty fourth is the third annual event here at Riverman. Um, I know details are still being kind of sussed out and everything, yeah. but uh, you know it's like I've said before: if you guys don't have it on your calendar, put it on your calendar because it's a great time. Weather in St. Louis will be fantastic at the end of September. I mean, oh, it's you one know, of my favorite times of the year. We we've broken summer. We're coming into fall, and it's still really really nice outside. And uh, you know, the majority of the party is outside, underneath the patio, and out in the parking lot, and everything. And um, you know, it, it's going to be a good time. I know that there's been some chatting about bringing in some uh, cigar friendly uh, uh, food people. Yeah, we're, um, we're talking about having uh, award-winning barbecue. Exactly. I've been in contact with uh, with an organization that uh, provides award-winning, multiple award-winning barbecue, from what I understand. Yeah, they've won a couple of places now. And uh, it sounds like uh, we're hopefully close to making that announcement, uh, talking about some live music. We have uh, all sorts of ideas to try to improve uh, as our third annual, second annual Pulpit Fest. I mean, you guys have a great show. I'm gonna. I was with my mom last year, so this year I'm gonna go over there uh, Friday night and make a, a appearance at Pulpit Fest. That'll so be look, great. Looking forward to getting over over there and um, just got to line up the designated driver or the or, or <laughs> Uber or whatever. But I'll, I'll work out the details on that because I understand. Uh, um, the drinks and the cigars are flowing over there. They are indeed. Although nobody got too like. You know, messed up last year, so that's good. Yeah, you know, nobody likes a sloppy drunk. So, no, no. So yeah, you got to keep it under control. So looking forward to that. That's coming up uh, relatively soon. It's it's always good to see. You know, there's a lot of parishioners that come to that too, and which there is really are. great. You guys, you guys broadcast. Uh, you know, the day of the event, and some of the uh, parishioners get to join the uh, the podcast, and it's always a lot of fun. It is. It is. So you're gonna want to make sure you add it to your calendar. Well, Dan, final thoughts on the uh, Marcielago. I'm down to my final third here. It uh, seems to have picked up maybe a little bit in body here uh, near the end, or at least maybe it seems that way to me. I'm definitely a lot further along than you, but like I said, you know, I've been kind of making you talk. 
For me, it's a smooth Maduro that I think just about anybody could smoke. If you retrohale it, it's for the more uh, people that like uh, pepper, pepper bomb, and a little more. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. So you can really uh, you can really dial it in however oh. you want to dial it in. And uh, in my eye water. Yeah, the strength on the retrohale is, uh, and the pepper on the retrohale is prevalent. But Espinosa makes great cigars, and from sitting there earlier today talking with uh, Eric, I could I can tell why he's just a real artisan, um, a professional, and uh, really takes a lot of pride in what he's doing, and it shows in the cigars that he's offering for sure, for sure. Well, Dan, thank you so much for taking time to uh, sit and chat with me today. I appreciate it, and everybody out there should appreciate it, because if you wouldn't have, then I'd have been doing this solo, and nobody needs to hear that again. So. Well, always happy to see you, Nick, <laughs> and, and, and Jeff as well, and uh, look forward to hearing uh, what you guys got in store. I know you got a lot of, you've been talking about having a lot of really good people lined up to uh, talk on future shows, so... It's all just a matter of getting schedules ironed out, you know. I mean, you mentioned Jake from uh, Fuente Newman. Um, he's uh, been messaging with me, and we need to get that kind of settled. I know he wanted to do that before PCA. Yeah. Obviously, Eric was here earlier, and and uh, he he. I mean, before I could even ask, he was asking me, "How do I get on?" So you know, so we're going to be touching base next week as to you know when that's going to happen, and then yeah. you know, there's others. So well, you were you know you you've been talking about we've been talking about. This uh, these distributors overseas, where yes. uh, like for us, we buy direct from a cigar manufacturer. But for your international listeners, certainly people in Europe, there's a person in between the manufacturer and the retail shop, and that's a distributor. And you've been talking about maybe bringing one of those distributors on yep. and, and finding fascination of why. New World cigars are entering into the uh, European and and other international markets, and I think the answer is pretty clear. It's just that with less Cubans being available, maybe more of the Cuban allotment is going to China with the with the acquisition where Alta is sold to a Chinese company a while back, and they bought half of Habanos. And wouldn't you think that the Chinese owned company would be sending more cigars allotment probably to Asia, which could probably smoke all of them if they, if, if so be it. So there's probably less supply going into Europe, which provides an opening for the U S to enter in, which hedges a little bit of, uh, on their bets in case, uh, FDA comes in and becomes, uh, uh, egregious with their uh, rules going forward. So it'd be really interesting to, to, dive down in there i know one distributor in particular we kind of have been paying attention to and and it just seems like he's lining up company after company after company yeah um uh and there's a lot of new world cigar manufacturers right now uh visiting europe you can see them on instagram when i traveled around the world you would go into a cigar shop and it was more or less exclusive cuban you'd never really seen a new world cigar and that's changed i think they're talking about maybe some shops that were exclusively cuban going maybe 50 50 new world to oh, cuban wow. uh, over time or some of them might yeah. already be there i can only imagine if you're spending 35 50 100 dollars for a cuban cigar and then all of a sudden you're going to get a new world cigar which over here is going to msrp for about 10 bucks i mean what how, how does that whole pricing go in i mean are you going to spend $20 for a new 
new world in Europe, uh, whereas we'd spend ten. Be interesting to understand that a little bit. It better. would. It would. And even at twenty bucks, with what Cubans are running these days, I mean, my God, you know, that's a that's a deal. And they're in just and as itself. good, if not better, you know, in my precisely, opinion. precisely. Well, Dan, thank you so much for taking time. Thank you, Nick. Really and, appreciate uh, it. Uh, I appreciate being on, and uh, all the best to everybody. Stay smoky, and uh, hopefully see you all, hear from you all soon. Fantastic. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. There we go. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Still stare it out without you, Jeff. We miss you, Jeff. Come back soon. This thing kicks off a ton of smoke. A lot of smoke. Copious amounts of smoke. Copious amounts of smoke.